Good morning, happy Friday, and welcome to the Keep and Talk Stock Market News. In today's episode, I will summarize the trading day of Thursday, the 5th of April 2023. Today's topics are also earnings from Apple, drama in the banking sector, and the ECB hikes rates by another 25 basis points. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Thursday has been another day of pressure for regional banks. In the spotlight were Pacific West and Western Alliance. Pacific West was another bank that suffered significant deposit outflows because investors were moving or still are moving their money from deposits into higher yield money market funds. On Thursday, PacWest released a statement saying they are discussing strategic options with investors. However, the bank also reiterated that there has not been an increase in deposit outflows since JP Morgan acquired First Republic Bank, and there is enough liquidity to cover deposits, especially uninsured deposits. It can also be observed that deposits of PacWest actually stabilized in the past two weeks. However, the problem is that investors are scared and they are picking out small regional banks that have similar issues compared to SVB and First Republic. Similarities include losses on long-duration investments and a relatively high percentage of uninsured deposits, which are deposits above the FDIC insurance limit of $250,000. PacWest has a significantly higher amount of insured deposits compared to SVB, but due to similarities with other banks that already failed, the shares of PacWest were once again under significant pressure today. It has been the same news for Western Alliance Bank. Do I see a significant credit crunch coming soon? No, I actually do not. What we're seeing right now is small regional banks adjusting to a higher rate environment after the Fed has been doing quantitative easing for such a long time. Generally speaking, I do expect a narrowing of credit availability. I am happy that the Fed is supporting banks through the BTFP, which stands for Bank Term Funding Program. And this, is, this uh, program essentially lends against a bond's par value and not against the bond's market value, which usually is the case for Fed loans. However, despite the uh, BTFP, big problems remain. The first problem is customers will continue to move their money out of deposits and into money market funds because this allows them to get a much higher yield compared to leaving your money in deposits. The second problem is, especially people with deposits above $250,000 are incentivized to move their money out of deposits because deposits above $250,000 are not insured by the FDIC. Hence, the bank term funding program doesn't solve the funding and profitability problem of regional banks. In addition to that, regional banks are explicitly exposed to commercial real estate. Due to the working from home trend and the higher interest rate environment, the demand for commercial real estate significantly fell, which means that the value of the CRE loan book of regional banks significantly lost value. This creates a problem because regional banks have a high national importance. In the present decades, regional banks have done a larger share of US lending, which means that stress in the regional banking sector can clearly reduce credit availability, which would put stress on the US economy. In order to contain further damage in the adjustment to a higher interest rate environment, I believe the FDIC should raise the deposit insurance limit significantly above the current $250,000. People with higher deposits are basically incentivized right now to deposit their money. 
There's another interesting story coming from the FDIC uh, that was released on Thursday. The recovery of regional banks has, of course, drained funding from the Deposit Insurance Fund, in short, DIF. So Bloomberg reported yesterday that the FDIC is now planning to restore the DIF um, by charging big banks higher fees. Small lenders with less than $10 billion in assets would not have to pay extra fees. Depending on the size of the deposit portfolio, some banks with assets of $50 billion might also be exempt from paying extra fees to replenish the deposit insurance fund. All in all, it seems inevitable to me that net interest income will start to deteriorate and hence credit availability will fall, which will contribute to the arithmetic of Jay Powell of getting to a sufficiently restrictive level. Remember the beautiful arithmetic of Jay Powell. You take the nominal rate, subtract 3% inflation to arrive at a 2% real rate. You add QT to that. You add credit tightening to that to arrive at a so-called sufficiently restrictive level. Another interesting event on Thursday was that the ECB decided to raise interest rates by another 25 basis points. Christine Lagarde said that the signs of a credit crunch have contributed to raising rates by 25 basis points instead of a 50 basis point rate hike. However, she did say that, quote, we have more ground to cover and we're not pausing. That is extremely clear, end of quote. Lagarde also signaled that, according to the Financial Times, some ECB rate setters were supporting another 50 basis point rate hike. And she also said that the, quote, inflation outlook continues to be too high for too long, end of quote. Apple reported earnings on Thursday. Apple's overall sales fell for a second quarter in a row. However, overall earnings beat estimates. Earnings per share were at $1.52 per share versus $1.43 expected. Revenue of Apple was at $94.84 billion versus an expected $92.96. Gross margin was at 44.3% versus an expected 44.1%. CEO Tim Cook told CNBC's Steve Kovach that, quote, it was quite a good quarter from an iPhone point of view, particularly relative to the market when you look at the market stats, end of quote. I will now summarize Thursday's trading day. Regional banks suffered a lot yesterday. The problem is when you see shares of banks like PacWest or Western Alliance down by 40% or more, this could start new deposit flight and make it impossible to raise equity or achieve a sale prior to regulators stepping in, according to the Schwab Center for Financial Research. The S&P 500 index was down 0.7% at 4,061.22. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 0.9% at 33,127.74. And the Nasdaq 100 was down 0.37% at 12,982.48. The 10-year Treasury yield was down around 4 basis points and fell to 3.364%. And last but not least, the beautiful CBOE VIX Volatility Index was up 1.74% at 20.08. The KBW Regional Bank Index, showing some pain here, dropped nearly 3% to the lowest level since November 2020. I am happy. Today is an exciting day. The labor market report will be out, I think, at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Of course, the Kriebentrog stock market news will report about that labor market report and analyze what it means for the further interest rate hike cycle of the Federal Reserve and the economy as a whole. Um, The episode should be released um, tonight at around 8 p.m. So I will I hope that I will see you again tonight on the Keep and Talk Stock Market News and have a beautiful Friday.